0: bow our heads in a word of prayer. <clears throat> Almighty God, we are so thankful that we can come into your presence and to sit at your feet as, as Mary did so many years ago. Father, we want to set aside our busyness, our distractions, the many responsibilities that uh, compete for our attention, the many shoutings of this world that would wish to distract us. Father, we want to open our hearts and ask you to speak to us with your living word that can cut right through to the thought and intent of the heart. May your spirit be able to work unimpeded. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The passage the Lord has laid in my heart this afternoon can be found in the Old Testament, in the second book of Chronicles, chapter, uh, we'll begin reading actually from chapter 22, verse 10, and be going on for a a few chapters. And and while you're finding it, I'll just give a a little bit of context. Athaliah, the first person we read about, is actually the daughter of Um, of Jezebel and Ahab and she's already poisoned uh, the previous kingdom of her husband and her son and uh, we'll pick up the story in 2nd Chronicles chapter 22 verse 10 and when Athaliah the mother of Ahaziah saw that her son was dead She arose and destroyed all the seed royal of the house of Judah. But Jehoshabiah, the daughter of the king, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him from among the king's son that were slain, and put him and his nurse in a bedchamber. So Jehoshabiah, the daughter of the king Jehoram, the wife of Jehoiada the priest, for she was the sister of Ahaziah, hid him from Athaliah so that she slew him not. And she was with them hid in the house of God six years, and Athaliah reigned over the land. <clears throat> and in the seventh year Jehoiada strengthened himself and took the captains of hundreds, Azariah the son of Jer- Jer- Jeroham, and Ishmael the son of Jehoahinan, and Azariah the son of Obed, and Measiah the son of Adiah, and Elishaphat the son of Zikri into covenant with him. And they went about in Judah and gathered the Levites out of all the cities of Judah, and the chief of the fathers of Israel, and they came to Jerusalem. And all the congregation made a covenant with the king in the house of God. And he said to them, Behold, the king's son shall reign, as the Lord said of the sons of David. This is the thing that ye shall do. A third part of you, entering on the Sabbath of the priests and of the Levites, shall be porters of the doors. And a third part shall be at the king's house... And a third part, at the gate of the foundation, all the people shall be in the courts of the house of the Lord. But let none come into the house of the Lord save the priests and they that minister of the Levites. They shall go in, for they are holy. But all the people ye shall keep the watch of the Lord. And the Levites shall compass the king round about, every man with his weapons in his hand. And whoever else cometh into the house, he shall be put to death. But be ye with the king when he cometh in and when he goeth out. So the Levites and all Judah did according to all the things that Jehoiada the priest had commanded and took every man his men that were to come in on the Sabbath and with them were to go out on the Sabbath. For Jehoiada the priest dismissed not the courses. Moreover, Jehoiada the priest delivered unto the captains of hundreds spears and bucklers and shields that had been King David's, which were in the house of God. And he said, All the people, every man having his weapon in his hand, From the right side of the temple to the left side of the temple, along by the altar, and the temple by the king round about. And they brought out the king's son, and put upon him the crown, and gave him the testimony, and made him king. And Jehoiada and his sons anointed him, and said, God save the king. Now, when Athaliah heard the noise of the people running and praising the king, she came to the people into the house of the Lord. And she looked, and behold, the king stood at his pillar. At the entering in, and the princes and the trumpets by the king, and all the people of the land rejoiced, and sounded with trumpets, and also the singers with instruments of music, and such as taught to sing praise. Then Athaliah rent her clothes and said, Treason, treason. Then Jehoiada, the priest, brought out the captains of hundreds that were set over the host, and said unto them, Have her forth of the ranges, and whoso followeth her, let him be slain with the sword." For the priest said, Slay her not in the house of the Lord. So they laid hands on her, and when she was come to the entering of the horse gate by the king's house, they slew her there. And Jehoiada made a covenant between him and between all the people and between the king, that they should be the Lord's people. Then all the people went to the house of Baal and break it down and break his altars and his images in pieces and slew Matan, the priest of Baal, before the altars. Also Jehoiada appointed the offices of the house of the Lord by whom, by the hand of the priests, the Levites, whom David had distributed in the house of the Lord to offer the burnt offerings of the Lord, as it is written in the law of Moses, with rejoicing and with singing as it was ordained by David. And he set the porters at the gates of the house of the Lord, that none which was unclean in anything should enter in. And he took the captains of hundreds and the nobles and the governors of the people and all the people of the land and brought down the king from the house of the Lord. And they came through the high gate into the king's house and set the king upon the throne of the kingdom. And all the people of the land rejoiced and the city was quiet after they had slain Athaliah with a sword. Joash was seven years old when he began to reign, and he reigned forty years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Zibiah of Beersheba. And Joash did that which was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. And Jehoiada took for him two wives, and he begat sons and daughters. And it came to pass after this, that Joash was minded to repair the house of the Lord. And he gathered together the priests and the Levites and said to them, Go out unto the cities of Judah and gather of all Israel money to repair the house of your God from year to year and see that ye hasten the matter. Howbeit, the Levites hastened it not. And the king called for Jehoiada the chief and said unto him, Why hast thou not required of the Levites to bring in out of Judah and out of Jerusalem the collection according to the commandment of Moses, the servant of the Lord? and of the congregation of Israel for the tabernacle of witness. For the sons of Athaliah, that wicked woman, hath broken up the house of God, and also the dedicated things of the house of the Lord did they bestow upon Balaam. And at the king's commandment they made a chest and set it without at the gate of the house of the Lord, and they made a proclamation through Judah and Jerusalem to bring into the Lord the collection that Moses, the servant of God, laid upon Israel in the wilderness. And all the princes and all the people rejoiced and brought in and cast into the chest until they had made an end. Now it came to pass that at what time the chest was brought into the king's office by the hand of the Levites, and when they saw that there was much money, the king's scribe and the high priest's officer came and emptied the chest, and they took it and carried it to his place again. Thus they did, day by day, and gathered money in abundance. And the king and Jehoiada gave it to such as did the work of the service of the house of the Lord, And hired masons and carpenters to repair the house of the Lord, and also such as wrought iron and brass to mend the house of the Lord. So the workmen wrought, and the work was perfected by them, and they set the house of God in his state, and strengthened it. And when they had finished it, they brought the rest of the money before the king and Jehoiada, whereof were made vessels for the house of the Lord, even vessels to minister and to offer withal, and spoons and vessels of gold and silver. And they offered burnt offerings in the house of the Lord continually all the days of Jehoiada. But Jehoiada waxed old and was full of days when he died, and 130 years old was he when he died. And they buried him in the city of David among the kings because he had done good in Israel, both toward God and toward his house. Now after the death of Jehoiada, came the princes of Judah and made obeisance to the king. And then the king hearkened unto them. And they left the house of the Lord God of their fathers and served groves and idols. And wrath came upon Judah and Jerusalem for this their trespass. Yet he sent prophets to them to bring them again unto the Lord. And they testified against them, but they would not give ear. And the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, the priest, which stood above the people and said unto them, Thus saith God, Why transgress ye the commandments of the Lord that ye cannot prosper? Because ye have forsaken the Lord, he hath also forsaken you. And they conspired against him, and stoned him with stones at the commandment of the king in the court of the house of the Lord. Thus Joash the king remembered not the kindness which Jehoiada his father had done to him, but slew his son. And when he died, he said, The Lord look upon it and require it. And it came to pass at the end of the year that the host of Syria came up against him, and they came to Judah and Jerusalem and destroyed all the princes of the people from among the people and sent all the spoil of them unto the king of Damascus. For the army of the Syrians came with a small company of men, and the Lord delivered a very great host into their hand, because they had forsaken the Lord God of their fathers. So they executed judgment against Joash. And when they were departed from him, for they left him in great diseases, his own servants conspired against him for the blood of the sons of Jehoiada the priest, and slew him on his bed, and he died. And they buried him in the city of David, but they buried him not in the sepulchers of the kings. And these are they that conspired against him, Zabad, the son of Shimeath, and Ammonitess, and Jehozabad, the son of Shimrith, a Moabitess. Now concerning his sons and the greatness of the burdens laid upon him in the repairing of the house of God, behold, they are written in the story of the book of Kings. And Amaziah his son reigned in his stead. As we read in God's Word, it tells, us not, it tells us what happens through time, and we spoke a little bit last Sunday about the need to endure to the end, that it's not enough to make a good beginning, that we need to also to finish well. We've read in this multi-generation story how one evil person caused pain for generations. How Jezebel produced Athaliah, and we know how Jezebel poisoned the northern kingdom and the the destruction that came. And then with her son Jehoram, again, we could have read earlier in that chapter that Uh, that he walked in the ways of Ahab, oh, that was his, um, Joram, he went after the kings, that was the previous chapter. Uh, He walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, like as did the house of Ahab, for he had the daughter of Ahab to wife, that's Athaliah, and he wrought that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord. And then their son Ahaziah began to reign, and his mother's name also was Athaliah, the daughter of Omri. And he also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother was his counselor to do wickedly. And when he died, we read of the wickedness, that here she is, uh, she, she kills her own progeny. She kills all of the seed royal, all of the, the, um, her own uh, grandchildren and uh, children, so that she herself can reign. We see the the perverse nature of her her ambition being so great that she was even conquered her her mother's instinct of love of her own children and grandchildren. Now, we come to Joash. And uh, I think that we have uh, a lot to learn from his story. Joash... Is rescued from certain death, and by the priest's sister. She uh, steals him from among the king's son that were being killed and hides him in a bedchamber and then smuggles him into the temple, where for six for six years he's hid in a cha- within the the temple by the priest Jehoiada. And after the seventh year, we read how Jehoiada organizes, um, uh, restoring him back to his kingdom, uh, dealing with uh, Athaliah's uh, revenge, and uh, gives him the kingdom. And she, he obviously gives him much instruction. We read how he was seven years old when he began to reign. He was, uh, I think, the youngest king. Uh, king Josiah was eight years old. And I think it's a very telling verse. It says, Joash did that which was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. He had a good beginning. We can read how he loved the house of God, how he went to great pains to to rebuild God's house and gather money. And we can, you know, there's lessons I'm sure we can learn from. The willingness of people to give when they knew the money was going to go to a good purpose, Um, and uh, he he not only rebuilds the wood, the stone, uh, the brass, but even creates vessels. And then we get to this point in verse fifteen, where there's and he is he is um, referring to the the. Commandment of Moses. He's referring to the Word of God. Obviously, having grown up in uh, the temple, Jehoiada made a point of teaching him the law. And he's referring to the law that the law uh, requires that a collection be made to, to rebuild the temple. And uh, now Jehoiada waxes old. He's 130 years old and he dies. And after the death of Jehoiada came the princes of Judah and made obeisance to the king. So his father figure, um, for he certainly didn't ever got a chance to know his own father, but the one who had really rescued him, the one who had raised him, the one who had protected him, the one who had given him a kingdom, the one who advised him well for these many years, after he dies, Jehoiada is now left to his own devices. He now becomes of age, if you will, to make his own decisions. And now uh, his peers come, the other princes of Judah, and they use flattery. They say they made obeisance to the king. They bowed down, and they groveled, and they, uh, you know, showed him much honor and respect. They, they appealed to his ego, and that apparently worked so that the king listened to his peers that were inflating his ego rather than remembering what he had been taught from a young age up. And the very next verse he, they leave the house of the Lord God that he himself had had, uh, had uh, the conviction and had invested so much in rebuilding. They leave that house and he had said, oh, you know, that wicked woman Athaliah had broken up the house of God and given things to, to the house of Balaam and they had gone and they had destroyed the house of Balaam. Now they're leaving the house of God and they're going to serve these very same idols um, that... Uh, he had known were wrong and God warns them God sends prophets they testify but the princes don't listen and the king Joash does not listen and God even sends his spirit to the very son of Jehoiada the one who had done so much for him who stands up and says, why are you transgressing the commandments of God? Don't you know that you cannot prosper in this way? Because you have forsaken God, God will forsake you. But they did what is very common even this day. When you don't like the message, you can shoot the messenger. You can try to silence the word of God by getting rid of the person who's bringing it to you. And we know this has been done, you know, right from the beginning. And thus, Joash the king remembered not the kindness which Jehoiada his father had done to him, but slew his son. And then we can read that he paid the consequences. That even a tiny army of the Syrians came. And God delivered his huge army into their hand because they had forsaken God. He forsook them. And then even his own servants betray him and kill him. Well, how does this relate to us? I think there's a number of lessons we can learn. We have a number of young people that are coming of age. They're coming to an age where they are going to be setting their own decisions, their own priorities, uh, decisions about career and schooling, and and helpmates, and then also about as as they uh, make their own decisions, where they're going to spend their time what they're going to fill their minds and their hearts with. And I think this passage is a warning that you can begin well. And not only to, to those young people who are facing that time of independence, uh, becoming kings, if you will, of their own lives, but I think it speaks to us as believers as well. We, we have had a heritage where we have had Uh, those who have um, been good examples for us that have had a great price uh, passed down a faith that uh, cost them persecution, some their lives, some all their possessions. And then when that time comes, when that previous generation is no longer... um, with us no longer providing the guidance the protection we see how Jehoiada was an umbrella of protection now that's the the idea of authority we heard this morning how authority is so misunderstood but that authority is a a protection it's a a blessing and that while you're under authority that authority receives um, the judgment of God that authority receives uh, the consequences, and you're sheltered underneath that. And so while he was under the authority of his uncle, uh, things, he was prospered. But now that he stepped out from, out from under that authority, he had to answer for himself. And we also, one day, we, we all need to um, answer for our own decisions as we carry on that torch, that kingship, in this case, it was the, the, uh, the rule of the king of David within Judah. But each of us, we may not be a physical kingdom, but we have our own lives that God has put under our stewardship and that we are, are running. And the question is are we remembering the godly principles? that we have been made accountable for? Are we doing things according to what we've been taught and know is right? Or are we allowing flattery? Are we allowing things to come into our lives that may appeal to our ego, that may make us feel good for the moment? And that these things sway us into um, forgetting, ignoring, turning our back on the precious uh, example and heritage and values and principles that we've been entrusted with. It's possible for this to happen slowly, for there to be a drift over time. Just as, uh, you know, I I saw an article about... uh, a couple of of girls that wanted to go uh, and uh, enjoy some sun uh, in Pensacola, Florida, and they got on a raft and they were enjoying themselves, uh, the sun, and didn't pay attention. And pretty soon they had drifted out too far and they had no longer were able to, to get back to shore. They had gone too far and the Coast Guard had to be called to rescue them. And so things can happen, maybe not from one day to the next, and I am sure the, the the account here is is summarizing a process that may have happened over uh, years uh, may at least months in which the the influence was gained over Joash and by his peers The Satan has ways of gaining influence on us, just the, the media that also wants to tell you that the, the lies of Satan that, maybe that he uses in, in various forms to say that you are the important one, that it's all about you. And it's all about your comfort and your convenience. And that really you deserve and you are entitled. And all these things that make you feel like, yeah, that feels good, that feels right, tell me more. And these things take us away from God's picture, which tells us, and there was a sermon preached at camp to the youth that I think struck a chord with them because it didn't tell them that they were the center of the universe. It said that you're not something special. Yes, God has created each one of us special, but when we see it's not all about us, that you are... That it's really God who's at the center. And you are an important part of his plan. And you are beautiful and powerful and useful as you fit into his plan. But when we think that it's about us and we step outside of God's plan, then we abandon the house of God for idols. And we abandon the support of God that can conquer vast armies without us even lifting a sword for to become vulnerable to the the, the least band of men that, that come along and make us captive and leave us in great disease. Just as um, Adam Kositsky shared at, at, at uh, camp and gave his testimony, how he believed the lies of, of uh, the U.S. Army that said that uh, we'll teach you how to become a hero, how to become a man, how to uh, do great things... And uh, as he came home wounded and uh, rejected and in, as we see this kind of left in great disease and realized that it was all a lie, that he was fighting men's war for men's political reasons and, and that he's just left um, as garbage behind in the end. And, and without God, it was a very depressing, in fact, there are more people that commit suicide among those wounded warriors that actually die in the front lines of, of battle. It's quite a shocking statistic. And so Satan works with us too. He first tells you that uh, he, he, there's something better for you, that you don't need to be under this restriction, under this, this restrictive law of God, under this restrictive set of values that perhaps your forefathers have laid down, that they are closed-minded and old-fashioned and narrow in their thinking. And they're, they're, there's this broad and easy way that, that you can go on, and that looks glorious, that, that they can pay, paint as, as something uh, noble even, as well as, as something that uh, will make you look as something important. And then as you go down that wide road and that wide gate, you find that it leads to destruction. That it's false advertising. It's a false front. And the things that, that seemed narrow and restrictive and were things that maybe you chafed underneath the, the law of God, that though they were there to protect you from the heartache and from the destruction that Satan wants to use against you. And as you walk out from underneath the protection of God, you become vulnerable to all that the enemy of God who, who delights in bringing you down and causing God pain because he loves you so much by destroying you inch by inch and leaving you in great diseases, betrayed and And ignominious that, you know, he's not even buried in the sepulchre of the kings. Everyone recognizes here is a failure. Here is someone who had tremendous potential. Here is someone who became a king at a young age who started so well. Who built great and glorious things. Who ends up diseased, betrayed, and not even fit to be buried among the kings. We dare not rest upon the past. We dare not rest upon the faith of our forefathers. We each need to have that faith for ourselves. We each need to have a foundation for ourselves that will stand. That our foundation cannot be other people, even if they are godly and good people that are faithful and true, we ourselves need to have that personal relationship with God, that we are underneath His protection, underneath the umbrella of His authority, under His Lordship, as well as Savior, that we can enter into a narrow gate that is narrow because it leads to life and life everlasting. May the Lord bless these few words. Story we've read this afternoon went a little bit beyond where the Sunday school lessons stop. The Sunday school lessons usually end with Joash making a gathering money and rebuilding the temple. In fact, uh, the account, the parallel account in First Kings, leaves it there too. Leaves it with Joash. Taking those very vessels that he sacrificed so much to build and sending them as a bribe to the king of Syria to keep him away. And obviously, that didn't work. My prayer is that each of us would look at the heritage we have, the teaching, the truth that we have been given. We know that the time is going to come when we will be tested, when we may not even have access to gather together as we are this very afternoon. As Jehoiada was removed as a godly influence, the times may come when we may not have the privilege to, to come and hear the Word of God preached. We need to hide it in our hearts with that personal relationship. My dear young uh, friend, as you step out into the world, you will receive many voices, voices that may be pleasing to your ear, promising you many things. You will find new independence, financial independence, um, and broader perspectives on life but I pray that you would still remember Jehoiada remember those that have taught you well and taught you the truth and never silence the messenger of God maybe by oh I don't need to listen to him I know this about him or that about him we all have ways it may not be a literal Stoning, but we have ways of silencing or blocking out the messenger of God who would come to us and maybe give us a warning. The whole difference in Proverbs between the wise and the foolish is the wise allow themselves to be corrected, welcome correction, appreciate correction, and the foolish turn around and attack those that correct them. I pray that everyone here would be found to be wise and to be faithful unto the end. That would conclude this afternoon service.